Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another live edition of Top Rope Report here on Facebook Live, Google Podcast, Spotify, Anchor, and Breaker. I'm your host, the illustrious Mr. Trivia. Joining me every week, my co-host, my tag team partner, my best friend, the best in the business, the Nugster Greg, and Mr. 24-7 DJ. What's going on, guys? Hey. Sorry. I'm just, I'm experimenting here. I apologize for that noise in the background. Sorry. So, Monday Night Raw in the books. Yeah. We'll go over the matches, see what everybody thought, and, uh, you know, whenever you guys are ready, we can get started. Uh, and, uh, let's see, DJ went first on the last show. Uh, I'll go first this time. Okay. All right, so Monday Night Raw started out with the advertised and previously mentioned open challenge Seth Rollins laid out for the um, WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Trib? Uh, I really don't think there was much there was much to talk about. I mean, I don't think he got – I don't think he was in the ring three minutes before Finn Balor come up from behind him and – Beat the crap out of him, but um, I mean, I was looking forward to hearing Seth Rollins as everybody else in the arena is, and wanted to see who was going to accept the open challenge. I was kind of hoping, you know, to see maybe Logan Paul come out or or whatever. But we never got a chance to see the open challenge. We never got a chance to, you know, to really see anything or hear anything from. Seth Rollins about the whole thing. I just, I just created it incomplete. Oh, well, uh, okay. Um, who's going next, me or DJ? You just can go in our normal order. Um, you, me, DJ. Yeah, yeah normal order. All right. Um, well, I mean, I, I, I mean, I disagree on the on the incomplete grade totally because it it was a complete segment. Yeah, Finn Balor came out and attacked him. Um, while he was standing there with his arm raised up and laid up, I mean, this, an incomplete from somebody that complains when there's a promo and there's no physicality. Eh, I, I don't understand that. Um, but yeah, Finn Balor laid a beat down, um, three different Coup de Gras, I mean, he whipped the shit out of Seth Rollins. Uh, had to be, you know, held back and held back and, you know, you know, applause for Jason Jordan living out his dream as a WWE backstage fill-in producer security guy, I guess. Um, <clears throat> I, I mean, I was almost expecting... You know, Adam Pierce to, to kind of start yelling and say, you do that one more time and your match is off. Leading up to maybe a segment later where Seth Rollins says, you want to do this, do that. And then putting some type of stipulation in their match to maybe make the match. Um, not that it's not going to be interesting, but, you know, to put a little bit of a twist on it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, would I like to have seen Seth Rollins in an open challenge? Yes. But who would have come out to be a significant challenge for Seth Rollins to make an interesting enough match knowing 
that they're building for Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, um, knowing that Seth Rollins was going to NXT the next night. I mean, kind of almost understand why they didn't have a match. Um, I actually give the whole thing a B minus. Okay, Danny Justice, thanks for tuning in. DJ. DJ. Um, I I really I really enjoyed it. Um, like I feel like this was just one of them one of them outside the ring beatdowns that that was really good. You know they they. They let it go on, you know, while trying to stop it. They let it go on for a good amount of time. For a good amount of time. I feel like, you know, it added a lot to, uh, you know, a match that they're trying to build up to. So I thought this was a great part, you know, just everything about it was great. The three coup de gras off the stairs, like running around the ring, jumping up and down all over the place. He looked great, dude. I loved it. I loved uh, the the meanness, you know, in Finn there. I, I thought it was awesome. Um, and I was like, man, are we about to get another really good Monday Night Raw? From watching this, I thought so. I won't say no more there, but I'll go <laughs> B plus for segment. Okay. All right. Um, after that, they went to a commercial break, and then they came back from the commercial break. Um, I go first with this, so I'm just going to continue on right into it. And it was Miz on the mic um, cutting a little bit of a promo, claiming that he was ready, he was going to come out and answer the um, open challenge, and he was – Instituting an open challenge of his own. Uh, then we saw the return of Tomasa Champa. <clears throat> Came down to the ring at first, you know, smiles on both their faces, and then he clocked the Miz, and boom, here we go with the match. Um, we've talked many times as to the crowd could make or break a match. And to me, the crowd broke this match. It took a lot away. I mean, I don't know how many were there. I'm just going to say 10,000 people. I don't know. But if 2,000 of those people were cheering when Tommaso Ciampa came out, you know, I'd say that was an impressive number. Because the crowd was dead. Uh, expected a much better reaction from the crowd. A um, little bit more about it coming up in Nuggies News. But the match was actually good. It was it was pretty good. It was, you know, wasn't dominated by Tommaso Champions. It looked like it was going to be a squash match. So they're really starting to emphasize that The Miz is a wrestler, not just a mic holder and, you know, somebody that gives good, you know, promos. But... The crowd just took away a lot for me from this match. I gave it a C. Okay. Um, I I thought it was a good match too. Um, I thought Tommaso looked freaking excellent from what everything he just went through yeah. to come back. I thought he looked amazing. Um, didn't seem like it was much ring rust. You know, it seemed like he was kind of he was out there and he was comfortable. And, you know. 
I will give Miz his props because I know that I know that being that it was the Miz that he was fighting definitely helped the you know his first match back. Put it that you know I don't really know how to say it. I, the Miz is that good. He can make you know make that look that good, and it did. I thought it was good. Um, I will agree with you on the pop. I I thought we were gonna get a monster pop there. I feel like we feel everybody been waiting for. Actually, no, sorry, whoops, whoops. Um, after that, the, the Judgment Day showed up on the ring apron. Um, then they had a little thing in the bottom that said, you know, next. And then Judgment Day, when they came back from commercial, Judgment Day was still on the, the stage, I should say, not apron. Um, Mr. 24-7, what'd you think? Um, I have, I, I don't have that on here. I thought the tag match was next. Um, okay. I don't remember. I don't know. Trip told me he graded everything. That's the only reason why I didn't just make I note of it. Yeah, I missed it. Okay. Trip, do you have a yeah. grade for it at all or no? Yeah, I gave, I gave that um, segment with the Judgment Day a C plus. I mean, I think it's I think it's pretty funny that every time Dom picks up the mic, they won't let him talk. And, you know, Finn Balor, Kamal was really angry about, uh, you know, this thing with Seth Rollins, and I just gave it a C plus. Yeah, I mean, Finn Balor was talking about how he canceled the Open Challenge. Damian Priest was saying how he, you know, I'm going to climb the ladder, and, um, you know, my name will be on that contract, and... I don't know. Some something just back here is just scared that they're going to give the title to Finn Balor and Damian Priest is going to win, and that's what's going to cause Judgment Day to break up. I just hope they don't. I just hope they don't let Vince decide that. <laughs> let other people that know what they're doing decide it. Um, and then obviously, yeah, Rhea and Dominic get to speak, and Dominic is booed out of the crowd. And yeah, I mean, it, it, for what it was, um, it was all right. I gave it a C plus. Um, okay. We then had another, which doesn't refer to being graded, but Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are backstage talking, and Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser came up and interrupted. Kevin Owens wanted, seemed like he wanted to go off again, and 
Sami Zayn made him a made him a deal, made him a bet that if he could go the whole show without losing it, then he would drop it. And you know, saying he had anger issues, so it was just a little interesting part of that. We then went to which we'll let Mister Twenty Four Seven lead off with. Um, then went to a women's tag team match that had Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green taking on Caden Carter and Katana Chance. Um, this is the same. It was okay. Fuck. It was okay. I mean, I, I think it might have been a couple minutes long. It wasn't, there wasn't much to it. Um, <clears throat> Sonya took control, da, da, da. Yeah, it, to me, like, I don't have much written. It didn't seem like there was too much to the match. Like, I like Caden and Katana, and I hope that, you know, they can continue to get better and, and you know, big stuff for them, I hope, because I do like them, and I think one of you guys mentioned it last week, maybe. They are a, a legit tag team, and that's what we need. So I'm happy to see that. But for the match, I gave it a C. Okay. Trev. Uh, yeah, this Keaton Carter and Katana Chance, I really, really like this tag team. They have been together for a long, long time. Um, they they got moves in the ring that they, the other one knows what the other one's doing before she does it. And, you know, beating Sonya and Chelsea, I thought was, uh, I can't say a big step up, but it was, it was good to get a victory for them. The match wasn't really that long, but I enjoyed it. I, I graded it. I graded it as a B only because of Carter and chance. I love that team. I think they're going to go places. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't. I, I mean, it's weird when you see a match. I mean, granted, Katana Chance, Caden Carter have been around in NXT for a while. But the veteran of the match was Sonya Deville, who, I mean, had a, what, a two year, three year stint in management. So she really probably been wrestling for five years on the roster and she was a veteran of the match. And it's sh- on their part, it showed, I, I don't, you know, when you compare Katana chance and Caden Carter's to what they do in symmetry compared to what Sonya Deville and Chelsea green do, it's just proof that you need to develop tag teams. Cause yeah, Chelsea green and Sonya Deville, they have their own little niche, but they're two separate women in a match trying to be a team, and they're not cohesive. Everything they do is just too thought out and too delayed. It just it was a mess on their part. Um, Chelsea Green did show that she can take an arm drag. Um, she can't. She tries to deliver a drop kick, and she hits with one leg while the other one's bent back. It's, you know, certain people, she should possibly be in the Maxine Dupree role where she is just a valet, just somebody accompanying people down because she is okay on the mic. You know, Lana, um, there's people like that. She needs to be able to prove herself because doing it in the ring, she's not, um, but yeah, Carter and Chance are, are very good together. I, I, but 
to the overall of the match, I, I gave this match only a C. Okay. After that, we then went to a match that I'm going to honestly tell you because I was watching the Yankee game. I was fast-forwarding, you know, 15 seconds, 15 seconds. I honestly 200% missed this entire match. <laughs> but it was a tag okay. team match of Indusheer versus Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. Trib, what'd you think? Well, it was <laughs> nice to see Indusheer competing because I got points. Uh, yeah. But the match, I don't know, Cedric and, Cedric and Shelton... You know, they finally got in a couple of shots, kind of, you know, figured the match was going to go the way it did. Jinder Mahal, I mean, I like his presence outside the ring. Just stands there, has no facial expression. And, um, I mean, Indy Shear actually, you know, took a couple of took a couple of bumps in that match. <laughs> I thought it was, um, I thought it was a little bit refreshing to see that, you know, a tag team, that they're making as dominant as in this year can show that they can, you know, there might be some kings in the armor. But I gave it a C plus. Okay. Um, match, like I said, I didn't I didn't see anything in this match. It did go two minutes and six seconds, which was five seconds longer than the women's tag team match. And then it says here, the first hour of Raw had less than 15 minutes of actual wrestling. So, uh, I'll just put that little footnote in here. Uh, Miss 24-7. To me, uh, like, I'm almost insulted here. And I don't mean that in any bad way toward end of year. But I just, I was insulted really watching it because, you know, being a fan and someone who has seen, like, Cedric and Shelton and everything they've done throughout their career, to me, this is just, it's insulting, man. It's horrible to have them just coming out there getting shit on all the time. It's just, it's so bad. I think I'm repeating the words of the last time they fought last week or whatever it was. It's, it's just, it's horrible to see. Um, I, I mean, in the shared, they're big boys and they look okay. They definitely need a lot of work, but they're okay. And they're, you know, we'll see what they, what happens, but. Again, it just it, it literally insulted me. I gave it a D. Trivia? I already went. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Um, after that, we then had the return of Cleveland's own Logan Paul. Um, I go first for this one. Um I think, I think it was trivia that pointed out to me when we were talking, um, asked me a question as to when does somebody just declare themselves for the ladder match, um, which exactly what Logan Paul did. Um, he was an interrupted by Ricochet. Um, I think he, I'm pretty sure he was the first one down. Then Butch came down. Santos Escobar was down. Nakamura was down. And then... The highlight of the entire promo, L.A. Knight came down. Um, And I actually posted a video on our page. I don't know how many people saw it. That showed L.A. Knight getting introduced about six months ago 
in his debut on SmackDown when he became re-became LA Knight after the Max Dupree thing or whatever it was. And then the crowd pop that he got in Cleveland and how drastic of a difference it is. And then obviously he's he's really good on the mic saying he sees I don't remember what he said at first. Um, and then two guys that wear basketball cleats and one guy that plays videos for 14-year-olds. And I mean, and then there was the brawl. Um, if it wasn't for L.A. Knight, it would have been, you know, coming out, spewing out everything that he did. It just would have been just another, you know, pre premium live event um, beat down where everybody just fights and brawls. And, um, you know, the worst part of all was Logan Paul climbing the ladder and sitting on top of the ladder, which scares me to death to think that WWE might actually consider him winning the Money in the Bank briefcase. Um, but if it, like I said, it wasn't for LA Knight, this would have gotten a much lower grade, but I can give it a C plus. Okay. Um, it was okay, but I thought it was a little, you know, everyone coming out and basically saying the same thing. I'm going to win, you know, this is my, you know, that, 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 that. I mean, it was an okay way to get them all out there and have everybody see all the guys in the mask and everything. But, uh, you're right. It was definitely LA night. The pop he got was amazing. Again, he always does. Um. You know, this was like what I thought we would we would hear with Tampa, and it was nowhere near it. So, as you you know, that goes to show L.A. Knight is is one of the top guys for the the WWE universe. So, it's just hope hoping that they hear it, you know, and and do something about it. Um, yeah, Logan was Logan, I guess. I think he hit Butch. I think with his knockout punch, whatever it is, it was all right and. I just hope to God that we don't see Logan win, like you said. That, that's the only thing. I agree with you. I was looking at him sitting up there. I'm like, dude, no. Please, no. Um, but it was okay. I gave it a B. All right. All right. Trivia? Drew, thanks for tuning in. Um, yeah, let me talk to you. Um, like, I agree everything. You know, both, I mean... L.A. Knight was, was the, the star of that whole promo, I believe. But was it me, or did you guys see the size of the arms on Logan Paul? I mean, it looks like he's been spending some time in the gym. Well, it's because yeah. he's taking this WWE thing seriously. He's not just I mean, taking saw, it as a joke. I mean, I saw the guns on him. It's like, man, he got himself, you know pretty good shape yeah but uh, i mean i could have done with all the i'm gonna win i'm gonna win i'm gonna win you know because like dj said they say that every year for money in the bank and am i am i cool with having them have logan paul be the money in the bank winner <clears throat> no i'm yeah. just hoping that uh wwe you know pick somebody that's going to be legitimate for the money in the bank contract, I give it a, I give it a B minus. Okay. 
After that, we then went to a singles match of Matt Riddle versus Ludwig Kaiser. Um, Mr. 24-7, you are up. I'm just going to spin away for a second because i got to take a, a, piece, a little bit of medicine. Be right back. But I can hear okay. you. I'm right here. Um, Matt Riddle and Kaiser. I thought it was uh, actually a pretty good match. Um, well, let me let me see what I got here. Then we seen some like yeah, there was some uh, there was some pretty some pretty hard chops, some pretty hard hits here. Um, you know, I think just Gunther's Gunther just being there, it it, it makes everyone else want to just you know slap the crap out of you. Um, so I thought they fought good, they fought hard, um, and they looked. You know, they look good together uh, in the ring. So I thought it was good. I didn't really see much wrong with it. Um, you know, the beatdown after after the match, I kind of was like, ah, right, come on, because they beat him down pretty good. But overall, I thought it was a pretty decent match. I gave it a B. Okay. Trivia? Yeah, I like I liked this match. I mean, Riddle and Ludwig Kaiser, I thought, it was a, I thought it was a good match. You know, they went back and forth and – you know, at one point, it, I really wasn't too sure who was going to win this match. And then, you know, it just, it, the ending of it, you know, when Gunther came in and chopped, or uh, not really, you know, chopped, but, you know, slapped the chest of uh, Matt Riddle, and you could definitely hear it, and it'll just crumbled and went down. I thought it was a really good match on both ends. I gave it a B plus. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I agree. This was a very, very good match. Um, I The ending, okay. I mean, I understand. Um, you know, you want to get Riddle. You don't want to put him on this losing streak, whatever. But I, I expected something to happen where Gunther got involved in a match that could possibly set up a Riddle versus Gunther match at Money in the Bank. Um but we didn't get that. We got a you know, victory by Matt Riddle. And then once again, we got the beatdown afterwards. So maybe that's going to lead to something. But then, no, that was that was earlier that we'd be Kaiser and Gunther. Okay, stop, rewind. Okay, back. Um, I enjoyed this match. I mean, both guys are really good. I mean, I think putting Kaiser in a match with somebody like Riddle can show how good Lude Big Kaiser can be in the ring. Um, and I'm, I'm just wondering, I mean, that ankle lock he had on Giovanni Vinci lasted, I mean, maybe 20 seconds. I mean, we've seen people in moves for a lot longer than that. So I'm wondering if there's a real reason why, I mean, maybe he, I don't know, could have gotten married, maybe just needed time off, or maybe he had an injury somewhere else that he just needed to rehab from. So they're kind of selling, quote-unquote, selling this injury as being more severe than it is. Um, but I think that's another element of, of Imperium that, that, that you know, I, I miss seeing. Um, plus... Um, I miss hearing, I was waiting, you know, Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni, but you didn't get that. But I really enjoyed the match. I actually gave the match a B+. Plus. Okay. After that, we then went to an amazing tag team match. Um, 
of the Viking Raiders vs. Alpha Academy with Maxine Dupuis. Um, trivia? This match here, I mean, the Viking Raiders actually won. I was, I was surprised that they got the victory. It was a really, yeah, I can't say it was a, a good match or a great match, but it was decent. Um, the Viking Raiders and Alpha Academy are just ones that just, I don't know, are we going to see any more matches between these two? And will they have Alpha, will they have Alpha Academy, you know, drop more matches to the Viking Raiders? I don't know. I really didn't think the match was all that great. I gave it a C minus. Okay. Uh, once again, 50-50 booking. It, it annoys me. Last week, we had the singles match of Chad Gable and Eric, where Chad Gable got the victory. And this week, it's a tag team match, but the Viking Raiders get a victory. So that means next week, we'll see a singles match between Otis um, and Ivar. And then after that, we'll get a match between Valhalla and Maxine. And then it'll be tied up two to two. And then we'll never get a tiebreaker, and I'll both move on to different stories. Uh, and that's, I mean, obviously I don't know that that's going to happen, but that's what it, you know, a typical dead-end storyline. Um, okay, hold on, I just got a message. Okay. Um Sorry, I just lost my train of thought. I get a, 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 a sorry. You were talking about Maxine. So, oh, I know, but I'm just saying somebody rudely sent me a message in the middle of the show. That's all. That's all. You know, it's one of those questions. It could have just been, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, it, the match itself was just okay. I gave it a C. Okay. Um. Yeah, to me, it, it was just blah. Like, I, I'm just kind of sick of seeing these people in the ring together. Um, I mean, I get you got to fill some slots in a three-hour show, but, like, I feel like maybe those other couple other matches could have gave them a couple extra minutes and, and cut this out because it's just getting old. and <clears throat> You know, I feel like they're wasting, um, well, really all other talents, really. Um, so it was just all right. I gave it a C minus, but just it's just not good to me. Greg, how long was that match? Alpha Academy. Um, let's see. That was four minutes and fourteen seconds. Oh, okay. All right, thank you. All right. Navigate back to the other page, and after that, um, we then had um, the scheduled match of Natalia taking on Rhea Ripley. Um, I get to lead off with this one. Um, there, there. I mean, there wasn't a match. 
uh, Natalia, you know, was stating how something's got to change, this and that. And, you know, she came down and in the same jacket, um, maybe, oh, no, the same uniform, the same um, uniform, same clothing, um, different, nope, same music. Oh, maybe it was the hat that she wore. What the? And then she, you know, Rhea Ripley comes down. Or maybe Rhea Ripley was already in the ring. I don't remember. But Rhea Ripley beat the shit out of her before the match could even start. It never started. Um, if they, 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 They've got him doing something right now. Because either they do a character change with Natalya... Or she just realizes, you know what, I'm done, I'm retiring, and announces it, or whatever. Um, give her, but give her a proper send off if if that does happen. Don't do this to her. This is stupid. Uh, you want to have her in another squash match? That's fine. Um, actually, you know what? No, maybe a squash match would have been worse. An attack before the match is a little bit more quote unquote respectful. Um, but it was. Stupid, silly, dumb. I gave it a date. All right. Um, DJ, before you start, um, if Mrs. 24-7 is still out there watching, if it's okay with her, I would like to bring her on to have her talk about the Rhea Natty match and the Trish Raquel match. Get a woman. Oh, Okay. All right, because I wanted to get a woman's perspective on it, but we don't want to bother her at her place of employment. So, yeah. See, I hope All right. still no, she's working. Um, yeah, I, to me, it, it's like another one of them just disrespectful things. I mean, Maddie, whether you like her or you don't, I mean, she, she's not her. I mean, she's from the Hart family. She's been around for a long time. Her family has done a lot for the WWE, so how can you treat her the way that they treat her? I don't get it. You know, I really don't. It, it's very, I mean, unless he's the one back there going, you know, do this to me, which I don't see happening. So, it, it, I don't know. It, it, we know Rhea's dominant. We know she's a badass and she's going to kick some ass. So, I feel like it's kind of unnecessary to see that again. Um, I'll... I'll I'll go C minus. Okay. I wasn't into it. Trivia? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with everything you guys are saying. I mean, even if Natty walked away and retired right now, she has nothing to be ashamed of. She's had a great career. Her family is um, iconic when it comes to WWE. Jim the Anvil Nightheart, Brett the Hitman Hart, the entire Hart family. Um, but, I mean, she's a lot better than what's been going on with her in the last couple of matches. Whether it's Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, anybody. I mean, I think Natalia can put up a fight with, with the best of them in the women's division. And they're just thinking that, you know... We're just going to go in there and make it a squash match, and that's it. And I think, like DJ said, I agree. I think that's disrespectful to do that to her. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I I believe Natty is a legitimate Hall of Famer when her career is over. And yeah, that's, just, that's, 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 that's debatable. Like that's yep. debatable. Okay. All right. 
And I just think that it's not right what they're doing with her. I gave the whole I gave the whole thing a D. Okay. All right. After that, we then went to the well, quote unquote, final Money in the Bank qualifying match, as it was Raquel Rodriguez taking on Trish Stratus, who had Zoe Stark by her side. Uh, Mister Twenty Four Seven. Um, alright. I, to me, it was kind of lazy, lazy booking, I'll call it. I, I, to me, I thought it was just, it wasn't good. Like, uh, Raquel looked good. She came out with a huge slam right off the, right off the bat, slammed her hard. I, it was nice. But that's really all about, that's about all I can say that was really good. I mean, you know, all, you just have Becky come out, take out Zoe, and then Trish just runs out and attacks her. So what is she really going to do? Defend herself and fight back. So it was kind of lazy to me. Um, I mean, we, you know, I kind of figured Trish would be the one that to probably enter the ladder match. So I kind of figured it to happen, but I feel like we could have, we could have got that way a little better. Uh, I'll go C minus. Okay. Trivia? Yeah, I um, I looked at it as I really, I really wanted to see Raquel win, but I kind of had a feeling Trish was going to win only because her and Zoe Stark have issues with Becky Lynch, and what better way to get back at Becky than to you know stop her from winning the the Money in the Bank and. And everything else. I mean, when Becky came out, that kind of deflated it for me because up until then it was a pretty good match. And um, when Becky came out and you know got involved in the match, and then the referee rang the bell for the disqualification, I that kind of dropped my letter grade a little bit. I gave the match a C. Okay. Yeah, I mean. Going into the match, into the Raw preview, I I was like, okay, you know, yeah, I would like to see Raquel win, but I think they're going to have Trish win. And then they had a quick little backstage interview, and then the face-to-face with Raquel and Rhea, and then I was like, then I had a little promise, you know, a little hope that, you know what, maybe Raquel will win. Um, and And you know, be a potential legitimate challenger for Rhea Ripley. And then, you know, once, you know, as soon as Zoe even attempted to get, you know, involved and then, you know, the crowd starts cheering out of nowhere. So you knew Becky was coming down, but apparently nobody else in the ring knew that Zoe Stark watching two women do nothing in the ring and the crowd exploding didn't think to turn around to see why. And then Becky threw in the into the uh, the ringside barrier and and that was fine. Okay, that's out. And then, you know, obviously um, but the two the only two really moves or things that I remember about the actual match were Raquel picking up Tristratus and shaking her around like a dog does viciously to his little stuffed toy. And then that fucking clothesline 
that literally looked like it folded Trish Stratus in half was like, wow. I mean, I didn't think Trish could take a beating like that and still stand up um, afterwards. So, but other than that, it just was very, very forgetful. So, yeah, I'm going to... I'm gonna give it a, a, a low C minus. After that, we then went to the singles match. Um, Shinke Nakamura taking on Bronson Reed. Um, trivia: What'd you think? <laughs> I, I think they're gonna keep playing this out up until you know, probably well after Money in the Bank. I mean, I, I say it all the time when whenever we talk about him on the show. I, I just like Bronson Reed. I mean, man's big. He's agile. You know, he needs a little bit of work on the mic. But he's going to, uh, I believe he's going to develop into a in, into a, a good superstar if they, they play, play it up right. You know, he, he got the win over Nakamura. And I just thought that, you know, it was a... A pretty good match. Ricochet came down. We knew that was going to happen because Nakamura came down during his match. And I see something else happening between Nakamura and um, Ricochet, which I don't know if they're going to make one a face, one a heel, but I don't know what they're going to do as far as that goes. But overall, I gave it a B-. minus. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I did think this was an entertaining match. I mean, you know, like Trivia said, I, I'll say the same thing. I didn't like Bronson Reed at all. Didn't know why he got, I mean, I understood why he got fired because I thought he was just a useless piece of overweight guy. And um, then they brought him back and I questioned why. And now I kind of see why because he is good in the ring. Um, he's definitely, you know, better than Brodus Clay was, you know, um, which is who I originally compared him to. He, and, and, yeah, he could use a little work on the mic, but I think he's well enough to be on the mic that he doesn't need to be on the mic. He doesn't need to say much. He just does what he does in the ring. And it wasn't a squash match. Uh, Nakamura held his own for a little bit there, and, and I didn't ever think Nakamura was going to really win. Sorry, this this guy just keeps wa- I mean, walking in front of my well, in front of the sidewalk on the whatever. Um, sorry about that. And I actually liked this match. I actually gave it a B. Okay, Mister Twenty Four Seven. Yeah, it was it was all right. It was you know, there wasn't really much wrong with it. You know, I really like. Again, you know, every week coming out, I, I, I love him, so I'm, I'm happy to be seeing him again. And Bronson, I'll agree with both of you, I didn't really care for him, and now I do. Like, he's just, I think, just him flying off the top rope and splashing on just to win, win his matches, just it's crazy, it's devastating, really. I never want to be late and taking that. Um, so I, you know, the fact that you can find the top rope, stand on it, and jump, it, you know, he's really good for his build. Um, so that goes for good, and this was pretty good. Uh, I gave it a B, and yeah, I'll yeah. Okay. Um, 
before the final event earlier in the show, um, Cody Rhodes was was challenged um, by Dominic to a six man tag match, and he was that Cody Rhodes was then interviewed by Kathy Kelly saying that he'll find two people, and he accepted the match, and then during the little backstage segment with Imperium. Um, Kevin Owens had gotten a text and said, oh, we, we've got to go. And they went and talked to Cody Rhodes and agreed to be his two tag team partners, which set up the main event, which was Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens against the Judgment Day, um, Finn, Damian, and Dom Dom. Um, oh, I lead off for this one. Um, this was a very, very good match. Enjoyed everything about it. I mean, it's a shame that the crowd in Cleveland, maybe because of the time difference, um, maybe they're all second shifters and and all the audience got out of work and woke up at 10 o'clock at night, but the crowd was absolutely positively into this match. You would have thought it was in a separate arena with a separate crowd, in my opinion. They And that helped make this match. Um, the little stare down between Rhea and Sami Zayn for a second. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting till some gentleman decides to clock her. Um, I, I still don't know if WWE wants to toe that line. But I think if there's anyone they could do it with, I think it would be Rhea Ripley. I mean, she's more physically built than half of the men on the roster on Raw anyways. But this match was very good. It was exciting. Um, Kevin Owens was finally able to blow off some steam and just punch somebody, um, which he loves to do. We did get the Kevin Owens hot hot um, tag. Sami Zayn diving over Rhea Ripley and hitting Dominic. It just the match was just really good. I loved it. I gave it an A minus. Mister twenty four seven. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, and you're right, Crap was going for it. Um, and and I don't blame you. know, I was too. I was like, and it was. Um, they, they all got to be, you know, on top, so to say. Get you know get all their offense in, and there was a lot of it. And it was just a, it was just a good, entertaining wrestling match. Some of the best guys in the company. So, uh, it was a great way to end the show. Um, and like you said, K.O. got to punch somebody in the face. So, three guys won, he punched someone in the face. It was, you know, happy end. So, I, I thought it was a great way to end. Great match. I both be plus. No, trivia. Yeah, I thought it was a really good match as well. I mean, I knew that Cody was going to pick Sammy and KO, you know, before the text message. Because who else, what other legitimate tag team was he going to pick to go against the Judgment Day? You know, I mean, KO and Sammy had a little issue with the Judgment Day early on and, uh, you know, in weeks past. And Dom got a, I mean, and, uh, Cody got an issue with Dom. But I, I enjoyed this match. I was surprised. Now, was I seeing things, or did Dominic 
get did Dominic get pinned? It was like pinned. wow. No, Damian uh, Priest got pinned. Oh, Damian Priest. Okay, that's what I thought. Well, you I just said you thought Dominic got I, pinned. Oh, because I was like this, you know, eyes half open before the match ended, and um, but yeah, I enjoyed the match. I thought it was good. I saw the crossroads by Cody. I love that move. He still got the cast on, and I think it's gonna be. Uh, I think it's gonna be a, a really good, really good match between him and uh, Dominic at Money in the Bank. I gave the match a B plus. Okay. So overall, um, I gave Monday Night Raw a B overall. Okay, yeah, I'm not near, I mean, one, one very, very, very good match isn't enough to save it. I, I, it was just an average Monday Night Raw. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'll, I'll give it a generous C plus. Okay. Agreed. To me, it was the first and the last segment that were good, that, that were, you know, saved it. So, C-plus is what we can do. Yeah. Alrighty. And that is our Monday Night Raw recap for this week. And go check. Alright, thank you. Uh, yeah, so right now we're going to a, a, a good part of the show, one of my favorite parts of the show. It's Nuggies News, okay? Take it away. Yeah, all right. Um, a little. We're gonna start off with a um, one of my little segments. Are the agree or disagree? Um, I'm gonna give you a statement, and then you tell me if you agree with the statement or disagree with the statement. We'll just start off with this one. The first one that they list on here. Logan Paul would be the wrong choice to win. The men's Money in the Bank match. I agree. I was going to say that's kind of obvious after what we already all said. But the next one, if my phone wants to not freeze up on me. Come on. Hold on. Let's try this again. Uh, I think I remember the others. Bronson Reed needs to be placed in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Disagree. No, I think I'm going to agree on that. What better way to showcase his talents? I mean, if you're going to make him out to be this big monster and, you know, maybe try to give him a push, why not do it this way? Okay. Um, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano need to reunite to make both wrestlers relevant. I gotta I agree. agree. I agree. I, I agree with that one as well. Um, the last one. Of all Triple H's re-signings, Chelsea Green has made the biggest impact. 
Disagree. I disagree also. Then who? Who's made the biggest impact of the new re-signings that Triple H did after he took over? Yeah, it's been, it's been so many of them. It's been so long. I mean, Bronson um, Reed, Braun Strowman, Emma, um, Bray Wyatt, um, Karrion Cross, Scarlet. If you want to throw her in, I, Mia Yim. I, I would. I would have to say, in my opinion, probably Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed seems to be pretty devastating just, every just, week on Monday Night Raw. Just in the last month, if that. Yeah, maybe I will agree. You know, like I said, you can't, I mean, yeah, I did kind of put you on the spot. Um, but it, it's hard to disagree with something when you don't have anything to say, okay, yeah, I disagree because, well. Exactly, yeah. I, I mean, can Cody Rhodes be – no, because Cody Rhodes is back when Vince McMahon was still there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when you think about it, you know, I mean, even Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae, I mean, all these people that Triple H brought back have had, you know, issues and injuries and – so I I kind of um not that I think she's the best of any of it you know in the ring or, or whatever but as far as the one making the most noise I'd have to agree. Yeah. Um, it is being reported that there was a hundred percent supposed to be an an open challenge um, acceptor for Seth Rollins. Debate goes back and forth to whether it's truly going to be The Miz or the real rumors that it was going to be Tommaso Ciampa making his return to challenge Seth Rollins. But at the last minute, sitting from his comfy little office chair, Vince McMahon made the call to have Vin Finn Balor attack Seth Rollins to enhance their match at Money in the Bank. So, do you guys think that the tone of Monday Night Raw would have been different if Tommaso Ciampa answered the challenge and faced Seth Rollins and facing The Miz? No, I don't think so. I'm going to – yeah, I'm going to go no because, I mean, look at the pop he got when he came out. It didn't really seem like the character. And if you're going to bring him back – can't have him look just come in and the match. Even though it probably would be awesome match to watch. Yeah, I think I so. I feel like it's probably a good move. I feel like they probably made a good move. Okay, I agree. I think him coming back to answer the open challenge and then obviously losing to Seth Rollins, I think it was better to put him in a winnable match, which was the replacement was The Miz. Um, it is being reported that Top Dollar, you know, guys, I know we forgot to mention Hit Row. Maybe they have a bigger impact than Chelsea Green. Um, but he's not well-liked backstage at all. 
Um, he has got a lot of heat backstage. A lot of people I'm trying to find the exact quote. Um, think that he just doesn't take the business seriously and is not putting in the work um, because of tweets like this. He tweeted out, couldn't care less that they talking. I pull off in a yacht like it don't even phase me. And it shows a picture of him on his yacht. So, you know, there's belief behind the stage that, you know what, he didn't do this because of the love of wrestling. He didn't do this for anything else other than the fact that he's a failed NFL football player that played on three teams in two seasons, um, has his money, and doesn't care. I have a list here that if the article wants to pull up for me, yes, that ranks the 10 best wrestlers of 2023 if they did, if PWI were to release its top, you know, 500 wrestlers, that these are the top 10 wrestlers. Um, now, they do list some AEW wrestlers, but I'm going to just go through the list and then tell me, you know, if and where you agree or disagree. Um now, this says just wrestlers, not men and female wrestlers, but number 10, they have Sheamus. Number 9, they have Rhea Ripley. At number 8, they have Orange Cassidy from AEW. At number 7, they have Cody Rhodes. At number 6, yes, 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 Brian Danielson. At number 5... Gunther. At number four, they have Sami Zayn. At number three, they have AEW's MJF. At number two, this is where I want you guys to jump in. Who do you think they list as number two and number one? And trivia always sees your forehead. Um... At number two and at number one. Well, I have a feeling that number two, they probably list Kenny Omega. That's it. And number one, probably Roman Reigns. Mr. 24-7? Yeah, I'll go Jericho Reigns. Okay. Well, you both were right with Reigns, but he's at number two. And they do list Seth freaking Rollins as the top wrestler of 2020. Oh, my God, how did I forget? Um, Yeah, how do you forget? Yeah, I don't know how you think. I mean, even if you don't follow or watch AEW at all, I don't know how you would think they would list Kenny Omega over MJF. That's that's. Well, there's a, lot, there's a lot of people out there that think Kenny Omega is the greatest thing since Kool Aid. Not of 2023. I didn't say ever. Yeah. I said in 2023. Um, I mean, I don't even. I don't even think he should be put in that list if you're if you're doing greatest wrestlers ever. I don't think Kenny Omega is that good. Well, that 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 that's your opinion. And one last note. 
Um, it is, I mean, following um, social media platforms as I do, one of the um, social media platforms that I follow on Instagram is Kim Orton, Randy Orton's wife. And, you know, she she's the one that videos and shows those, like, RKO out of nowheres that he does to his kids in their pool. His son's done to him into their pool. She's done it to him in their pool. Um, showed a picture of him and Randy on a boat. And Randy Orton is in absolute phenomenal shape. He's definitely been training. In my opinion, just you don't train like that just to stay at home and, and swim and go on a boat. Um, so this is a, a new site that I've kind of come across um, called Zero News. It's spelled with an X-E-R-O news. And they're reporting that Randy Orton could possibly be back as soon as a surprise appearance at Money in the Bank but more than likely get involved in a storyline with Riddle and Imperium for a big match at SummerSlam. On a scale of 1 to 10, how excited would you be to see a Randy Orton return? And how likely it is you think we see a Randy Orton return? I'll go to SummerSlam because I, I, I don't know about Money in the Bank. Um, I don't know if that's quote unquote big enough for a Randy Orton return. So I'll start off and say I'd be at a uh, a ten infinity um, excitement wise to see him back, and the likelihood of him being back at SummerSlam. Honestly, I would till I see more or hear more. I, I I'm gonna go like five. I'll go. Uh... I'll go 10, and the likelihood of him at SummerSlam, I'll go 6.5. Okay. And Mr. 24-7. Definitely a 10. (laughs) And, I mean, I got to be real. So, yeah, let's go like a – I'll go a 6. Okay. And that's Nuggies News. Um, Mr. Trivia, anything coming up on the Indies? Uh, just the matches that I've uh, announced the last two shows. PAPW's Bash at the Brewery, Saturday, July 8th. Um, that's at 190 River Street in New Haven. Tickets $20, children under 12 $10. And that Ju- July 8th is a Saturday, right? Yes. All right. Coliseum Pro Wrestling, Friday, August 4th, at the Elks Lodge at 265 Main Street in West Haven presents Clash at the Coliseum. Doors open at 7 o'clock. Bell time is at 7.30. Tickets general admission are $20. Elks, Elks members and children under 12, $10. And uh, where was the other one I had? which was uh, right here, Test of Strength Wrestling at the Elks Club, 283 West Main Street, Waterbury, Connecticut, making his 
Test of Strength debut is a wrestler known as TNT, who is the son of WWE Hall of Famer Devon Dudley. They're having a ninth Wonder Women's Tournament semifinal match. An underground, underground King defends his TOS title. They will have a tag team match with Ryan Frost and TJ Howell versus a team called Cold Cash, who make their return to Test of Strength Wrestling. And also scheduled on the card is Sammy Diaz, Bobby Ocean, and Slip Wagner Brown. Okay. And that's what I have right there for Indies. Hopefully, um, I'll get some uh, clarification as to who's going to be on these shows, well, what matches we'll have for Clash at the Castle or Clash at the Coliseum and um, TOS Wrestling as well. So, Scott, thanks for tuning in. But let me ask you guys a question. I mean, I, before we get into talking about uh, Money in the Bank, I saw NXT last night. Uh, I don't know if my ears were deceiving me or I heard something about um, they're bringing back that, uh, what, what was it called? Uh, Raw Underground. Raw Underground to NXT. What do you guys think about that? Well, it, it, not to bring it back. It's just it's a stipulation for a match between two wrestlers. He challenged that, says, you know, no ropes. You, know, you only win by pinfall, submission, or whatever. Um, so it, it, it's, oh. it's basically, in my opinion, it's a street fight on a mat. Kind of, sort of. Oh, okay. You know, they're only as far as I know, they're only bringing you back for one match. Oh, all right. But I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about that if you guys saw NXT at all. Yep. Yeah, I didn't watch it. All right. Well, two things I take away from it. One is Dana Brooke needs to just give up on on professional wrestling. Because she got, I'm not that Cora Jade's bad in the ring, um, but I, I mean, when I think of Cora Jade, I think of a smaller wrestler. Dana Brooke is smaller than her. I mean, maybe an inch or so shorter, but definitely just trivia froze up. Yep. Nope, there he is. Uh-huh. Now he's back. You still there, Triv? Yep. Okay. Um, but yeah, she's she was just horrible in the ring. She just just can't do basic moves anymore. I don't know what happened. Yeah. She's just horrible. And then Bron Breaker is three hundred and fifty percently ready to be put on the main roster. That match with him and Seth Rollins, I mean NXT match of the year from anything that I've seen. Um, but probably one of the top five WWE matches of the year. That was a great match. That really was. Oh, and, and any other thing? The women's tag division NXT has fallen so, so far off. I mean, this last legend and Shakira, whatever, Johnson, yeah. or whatever her name is, Jackson. Yeah. That last legend is horrible. She's like the male version of the big, the female version of the big Khali. 
can't do yeah. anything. Just a big woman. Yeah. Yeah. But. And who I think, who I think uh, uh, NXT, I mean, I don't know only because she just won the title. And I really, you know, the jury's still out on her yet. It's Tiffany Stratton. I mean, I'm not Mike, saying... Mike, Mike, you got to stop moving. Get back in the camera and just sit there. Please. You're all over the place. You're, you're leaning back. We can't see you. Come on, sit up. Sit forward. So we... There you go. Add a girl. So go ahead, Tiffany Stratton. Uh, yeah, I really don't think she's going to lose to that one from Chase University. And Oh, absolutely I mean, not. Absolutely not. There's but there's got to be somebody, um, I don't want to say legitimate, but I really can't expound on Tiffany Stratton until I actually see her in a, in a match. Well, uh, I, I mean, a, a good match. But, yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, that last legend is awful. Well, and Tiffany Stratton's been in, she's been in good matches. She's had good wrestling matches. She's got good skills. I mean, yeah, her character is stupid, but she's decent on the mic. Yeah, she needs work. I don't think she's main roster ready. Um, but, no, I mean, I, I think she plays the good heel as a champion. Or good champion uh, as a heel. I, I didn't catch the name, but who was that one that was backstage with J.C. Jane? Did you see that? Yep, Laura Valkyria. She's good. Okay. She's good. She's good. Okay. And, uh, but other, I mean, if I had to grade the Braun Breaker Seth Rollins match, I definitely would have gave it an A. Oh, a, 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 I would give it, honestly, I mean, plus you got to compare it to everything else that happened on the show to give it, and that gives the grade a little bit more boost. I would have given it an A. Plus. BJ, if you get a yeah. chance just to see that match alone, it's worth watching. We're done. <laughs> I was going to say, especially if Jess is off at work and you're at home and there's nothing really else to watch or whatever, that is definitely one worth watching. So so everything now is all set for the men's and women's money in the bank, correct? Nope. No? Nope. We still Friday Night SmackDown. There is the, and that's one thing I was going to bring up. I was going to ask you guys when we talked about money in the bank. Um, we still have that match where Bailey's taking on Shotzi, where Bailey says, "If you beat me, you can have my spot." Right now, oh yeah. I mean, it's a weak field, in my opinion. Obviously, Zelina Vega, Becky, Zoe, Bailey, Io Sky, and Trish. If you take Bailey out of there and put Shotzi in, makes it weaker. Oh my God! It, it almost makes not worth watching. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, unless either, in my opinion, unless Becky or Io Sky win that match, I'm I'm telling you right now, the best grade I can give it is a D. <laughs> really? Now, really? Let's, just, let's just say Becky loses, I mean, uh, Bailey loses, and Shotzi is in her spot. Do you think that they might want to look at it as if to say, hey, let's put this match on to start the show and get it out of the way? No, because like, they never put, in my personal opinion, the first match is never a let's just throw this match on to get it out of the way match. 
if you're not the main event, there's no better place to be than the leadoff. Yeah. I mean, Major League okay. Baseball, where do you put your worst better first to get him out of the way? In football, who's your quarterback? Yeah, let's throw the third stringer out there. This doesn't mean anything. No. You're going to bring the 12th guy off the bench in basketball? No. You you know, I I don't see that. Do I think they're still going to start off with the women's match? Yes, because I think they'll start off with the ladder match, but I don't think it's going to be the men. Um. If it is the men, then you know what? There will be a men's cash-in that night. That's the only way I look at it. The earlier in the show the ladder match is, the more likely you potentially have a same-night cash-in. But do you think the men's money? Yeah, the men's money. Men's money, yes. (laughs) Do you think the men's money in the bank ladder match will, will get more attention if it was the last match than Seth and Finn? I don't think it's. I don't think it's going to be Seth and Finn either. I think it's going to be Roman Reigns and Solo versus the Usos. I mean, Roman Reigns, Mike. If Rome personally, if Roman Reigns is on the pay per view, he's going to be in the main event match. Yeah. Okay. All right, so I see the last three matches being uh, the men's money in the bank, Seth and Finn, and then the Civil War tag team match. In that order, or just those three matches? Probably in that order. Well, without knowing what the other matches are, I don't know that they'd be... I mean, right now they only have five matches, so you know they're going to probably add one or two more. So hypothetically speaking, they add Gunther Riddle um, and, I mean, are we going to have a a money in the bet? Are we going to have a premium live event with neither women's title being defended? Because that's where we're at right now. See, you got to figure there's going to be something within that Bermuda Triangle of Oscar, Bianca, and Charlotte to lead to a match of Money in the Bank. That's what I honestly believe. Yeah, because Charlotte and Oscar are not on the on the card for individual matches or a title match. So, well, Charlotte's not a champion; it's Rhea and Oscar. Right. But I'm saying Charlotte and what did I say? Charlotte and Oscar. Yeah, Charlotte and Asuka, their match is not on Money in the Bank. Oh, okay. No, I thought you said they're individually not on. No, but that's what I'm saying. I think something on Friday Night SmackDown is going to happen that's going to lead any combination of those three, Asuka, Charlotte, and Bianca, on Money in the Bank. And I think that match will be prominently placed closer to the end to kind of spread things out. I don't think we're going to I I don't I wouldn't load the three biggest matches all at the end cuz then the beginning is eh, you know right I mean I wouldn't sure. be surprised if Seth and Finn open up the show 
light up the crowd with Seth Rollins coming out. He loves that. Right. And like you said, if you're not the main event, if you're not the last match, be the first match. Right. Yep. Might be my pick. Yep. So. And he actually said in an interview, if at times does, you know, matches delayed, promos going longer than normal because the crowd won't stop singing a song, he said, absolutely not. He said, I'll stand there in that spotlight with my arms up for five minutes just to listen to them sing my song. And he was, I mean, yeah, he was still kind of in character, but he was truthful about it, if you saw the interview. So, yep. All right, guys, anything else we got to add? No, nothing I can think of. Yeah, DJ's waiting to go see the, the <laughs> I got a great show match. <laughs> so, nice. all right, guys. Well, great show tonight. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Um, we hope everybody enjoyed the show. Thank you for your questions and your comments. So, on behalf of the Nugster, Greg, and Mr. 24-7, this is the illustrious Mr. Trivia for the Top Rope Report, saying thank you all for tuning in, and we'll catch you all on Sunday. Later, guys. Later, guys.